0: Chapter 17, verse 1 says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to Abram and said to him, Okay, now he's 99 years old. This would be 13 years after Ishmael. <coughs> okay? So I don't know what happened between the two in that time. Um, but I can tell you this. Record has it that Sodom and Gomorrah got worse. And what can I say? It begins in verse 18 and 19. All right. But I can tell you that. All right. So when I read this, it says, now, when Abram was 99 years old, Yahweh appeared to Abram. That's what it says, and he said to him, I am God almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Okay, now, I want you to understand what the response was, because that is verse 3. Remember, God is revealing himself. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. All right, so Yahweh shows up, and Abraham Abram hits the dirt. All right? And God says this. As for me, behold, whose covenant? Amen. My covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. All right? Abraham means the father of many. And it is a... This is the covenant that God is making. All right. Now, remember whose covenant it is. It's not Abraham's covenant. It's God's covenant. All right. And the covenant with Abraham is that you shall be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram. Your name shall be Abraham, and I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. I will. Okay, now I want you to look at the personal pronouns that are being used here by God. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings shall come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout all their generations for an everlasting covenant to be god to you and to your descendants after you all right that's amazing stuff right there it is all god saying i'm going to do this i'm going to accomplish this i shall do this verse eight i will give you give to you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojournings all of the land of canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. This is my covenant, which you shall keep. All right, now watch what he says. Whose covenant is it? It's his covenant. But he says what? You shall keep it here. Now watch what happens because this changes. All right, the covenant is already established by God. All right? Remember when the cutting of the, of the animals and God walked between him and, and, and Abram had a bad night's dream? Okay, because God walked before him. That was the covenant. That was the land. You're going to get the land, all right? Here is something different, all right? I have made a covenant with you. You shall have descendants. You shall have many kings. You shall have many nations, okay? I am going to do that. Why? Because I've already made covenant, but this is my covenant which you shall keep. Okay, now he has a side. Between me and you and your descendants, after you, every male among you shall be circumcised. Okay. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be what? It is not the covenant. It is a sign of the covenant. OK, it's like um, they had when you see the term bond slave, uh, once you were finished with your um, slavery time uh, with a family, if you chose to stay with that family, you could stick your ear up to the fence uh, uh, post and punch a hole through it. And it was a sign to say that I am willingly staying with this people, with this family. Okay, it was something that people could see. All right, so when you read this and you see this covenant, who's the covenant? God is the covenant. God's covenant. But the sign of the covenant is what? The circumcision. Okay, and it will be between who? Me and you. Okay, and all right, me would be God, you would be Abraham and all of his descendants. Now, remember, up until this time, now, I want you to look at it. He's had Ishmael. Okay, Ishmael's 13 years old. And we we looked at last week, all of the problems that that was causing. All right, so we see that. All right, and now we're looking at it, and he says, now he's 99 years old. Now, I want you to watch here because you haven't seen this in the past. You see God using personal pronouns over and over and over. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Why? Who's going to do it? God's going to do it. But there is a responsibility on Abraham's side. What is it? Circumcision. Okay? To be a sign of the covenant. And how important is this? Well, watch. You shall be circumcised in the flesh, verse 11, of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. It's just a sign. And every male among you who is eight years old shall be circumcised throughout your generations, a servant who is born in a house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendants. Okay, so when he says any male, every male, which ones is he talking about? Every male. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Okay, now remember, the circumcision is not the covenant. The circumcision is sign of the covenant. Alright? Look what verse 14 says. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Okay? This is one of the things that we have to pay attention to do. Um, God is absolutely sovereign. Man has absolute responsibility. I mean, I, I can look at it in the church age. I can look at it here. And in both s- instances, I see God doing it, but I have a responsibility as, as a child of God. Then God said to Abraham, all right. So any male in the line of Abraham, even if there's a foreigner and a slave brought into my family who is not circumcised, guess what? It's not in the covenant. It's not in the covenant. All right. Then God said to Abraham, as for your as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Okay? Sarai means my princess. Sarah means princess. Okay? so I've seen a lot of people try to get a lot of stuff out of that uh, I'm looking at it simply on the basis of the circumcision okay I'm marking this this time all right I've heard all kinds of people read all kinds of stuff I'm not going to get to, I can't get that out of the text. All I know is God said, "I have covenant with you. the sign of that covenant is circumcision, and from now on, you will not be abram, you will be." Abraham, as for your wife, her name will be Sarai, Sarah from Sarai. Okay, I will bless her, and indeed I will give you a son by her. Now, now, grab a hold of that. How old is Abraham? Ninety-nine years old. Okay, then I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed amen somebody tells me at 99 you're going to have your first child after I'm going to be circumcised I'm, I'm laughing okay alright this is what he says he laughed and said in his heart okay key, key phrase there he laughed Okay, the last would be the outward expression of what he's thinking in his heart. Will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Okay, and Abraham said to God. Now, this is, is, I think, is downplayed a lot in in Christendom and in, in the study of Scripture. But look what Abraham says in verse 18. And Abraham said to God oh that ishmael might live before you all right that's the cry of a father all right but i also see the doubt in abraham i mean at 99 years old somebody tells you you're getting ready to start having children and you're going to that child is going to be a child of many nations why not Ishmael? That's what he's asking. Why not Ishmael? Okay, verse 19. God said, No. You got that? Abraham says, Why not Ishmael? And God's response was, No. But Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Okay, now, see what happened there? The covenant that God has made with Abraham is going to be passed on to who? Isaac, Isaac, not Ishmael. Please understand that phrasing right there. No, I'm not going to do it for Ishmael. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him and he will make and make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly and he shall become the father of 12 princes. Okay? Okay. And I will make him a great nation. All right. Now, look, that is fulfilled in Genesis 25, 12 through 16. You see the 12 heirs of Ishmael. Okay. Please note what he calls them princes. They shall not be the 12 tribes of Israel. But my covenant, verse 21, I will establish with Isaac. Whom Sarah will bear to you at the season, at this season next year. Got it? Alright, so when you think about the circumcision of Abraham, the thing you have to line up is that it's Abraham's sign of the covenant God has promised. Okay? And he says, This time next year, you're going to have a kid. And when he finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. All right. So the natural son will be the heir even though um, born after the son of the slave. Okay. You see that? That's the covenant God made. Listen, again, who's doing it? Go back to the I wills. I will, I will, I will. Abraham ain't got nothing to do with it. I will. All right? Then Abraham took Ishmael. Now, Ishmael, if I was Ishmael, I'd be complaining about this. What do you mean I ain't getting the covenant? And you're going to do what? I don't think so, Dad. Anyway... Abraham took Ishmael his son and all the servants who were born in his house and all who were brought bought with his money. Every male among the men of Abraham's household and circumcised the flesh of the foreskin that very same day as God had asked him. That's that obedience thing. Okay. Now, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Verse 25 right there is that thing that you get the bar mitzvah comes out of, the age of accountability. All right? 12 to 13. All right? Now, understand a Jewish child is circumcised on the eighth day. The apostle Paul had that happen. Um, but that's the age of accountability. Is, that's where that, is, that all comes from. Okay, and I'm thinking that's quantum physics, but I'm not going to argue with people. In that very same day, Abraham was circumcised and Ishmael his son, all the men of his household who were born in his house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Sharing in the joy. Okay? That's the circumcision of Abraham. All right, now please understand circumcision is not a covenant, circumcision is a sign of a covenant all right remember you'll see it in galatians you're going to see it in romans where it talks about the circumcision of the heart okay and that outward that foreskin thing has got nothing to do with it all right it's just a sign why i am a descendant of abraham all right that's what the jews go by still do it today all right now i want to move into this next phrasing this next Dialogue, Chapter 18 and 19. And, and we have to pay attention to this because I always thought, well, you know, we have this God talking to Abraham. He appears to Abraham, changes his name, changes his wife's name, telling him in a year he's going to have a kid. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to get circumcised. Everybody's going to get circumcised. This is the first law that you see, understanding that the people are still waiting for a redeemer okay they, they're still looking for the redemption of the flesh and and, and all the rest of it. and then all of a sudden boom you got 18 and it it is kind of mind boggling but if you look at it these three individuals show up at Abraham's tent alright and they say in a year you're going to have a child alright so there's a reaffirmation of what Abraham has just gone through alright Verse 1, chapter 18. Now Yahweh appeared to him by the oaks of memory, And He was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Smart man. Okay? When he, you know, I like this part because it says when he lifted up his eyes, you know what that means, right? He is snoozing. <laughs> he looked up and there's somebody standing there. Okay, he looked up and behold, three men were standing opposite of him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. Okay, now this is funny what he says next. He says, my Lord. Okay, he literally says, my master. He doesn't say Yahweh. He does not say Adonai. He does not use any of the L phrases. He says, my Lord, my master, a person of importance. Alright? And I know that he thinks that because the rest of it he expresses that it would be the common greeting, the common action. If you go to the Middle East today, this is exactly how you're going to be treated. I went to, uh, my bus driver's name was Joel. I was in Israel a few years ago. And Joel wanted to take me over to his house and have uh, uh, Bedouin pizza. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. I mean, when he pulled it out and had this little thing, really cool little stove, spun around, and he'd throw these things on there, and and they spin around. and They put all kind of weird herbs on it, and uh, no meat or anything. But I mean, it was it was good. It was a very good. And that's where I got my first shot of that coffee. Some of you've had some of that coffee. They, they give you a little big glass of coffee, about like that, and I thought. <laughs> I'm used to big cups of coffee, and then after I took mine and drank it, I, I seen them sipping it, and I didn't pay attention. I should have paid attention. I just took mine and drank it, and uh, it dawned on me that I know why they have little cups, <laughs> because I, for the rest of my trip I didn't need a bus. <laughs> I could just run alongside. Um, now I, I have, still have a little bit that I've I've kept uh, from when I visited there, and I every once in a while I'll throw a spoonful in to ten cups in the coffee maker and it still makes you sit around and <laughs> heart palpitations and stuff like that but when I went to Joel's house I read this and the first thing they wanted to do was what? They wanted to wash my feet and you know and I, I had boots on and all around. I'm not running around in sandals or anything like that um, and they wanted to feed me and that was that uh, Bedouin um, bread. Um, I just read through this. Let's, let's read it through. And I, I, this is just what it says. Uh, if you found favor in your sight, uh, please do not pass your servant by. Okay? Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. I'll bring you a piece of bread and you may refresh yourselves. You may go on since you've since you have visited your servant, and they said, "So do as you have said," and Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, "Quickly, prepare three measures of flour, knead it, uh, and, and make bread cakes." And and I watched this happen. You think I'm I, I'm kidding? I'm They didn't go in and get you know uh, the uh little pre-made thing his wife came out had a veil over her head she kneed out this flower and everything started all of this and he's uh, his uh, son was washing my feet washed gave me things my hands gave me some stuff to drink and, and, and you know we're going and I'm sitting there watching him you know what we're going to eat? And I'm like, you're making bread. I mean, I'm not rocket science, but don't that take a little while? But then he made these little pizzas, things, and he had this, it's like a, uh, if you've ever seen a drywall heater, uh, their aluminum got a roof on it like that, propane in the bottom of it with a It sounds like a jet engine running in it. That's what it sounded like, except it had this little, Thing, you spun it around and it would slide these things in and then they'd come out on the other side and it just but he says, set out on uh, kind of like a patio uh, and doing this anyway Abraham hurried and said woman make some bread Abraham ran to the herd and took a tender choice calf gave it to the uh, servant and hurried to prepare it he took curds and milk uh, they did have curds and milk um, and you uh, you just have to experience it. That's all I can tell you. All right. Um, he prepared and placed it before them. and They were standing by them under the tree as they ate. Okay. This is delicacy. This is basically what you have listed there is let me give you my best. Okay. I.E. It goes back to my Lord. So when Abraham seen these three men, his first response was these are three men. Important people. Okay, so uh, now I'll get into all the speculation. Yes, 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 yes. I understand all the speculations. And yes, I understand who it truly is. But Abraham at the beginning is looking at it as three important people. Okay. Um, Now, when I was in Israel, I visited this people's house, and they treated me as if I was an important person. This is the time, uh, some of you know the story, where they took me into Jinnah. Joel's brother is an elder in Jinnah. Jinnah is where the Intifada started under Yasser Arafat. Um, Intifada is the war against Israel. The struggle is what, it's, what it is. It's a struggle. And I went in and he says, I want you to talk to my brother. He's an elder, Palestinian. Okay? Um, I want you to talk to my, my brother. See, you have in Israel, you have Arab Jews. They identify with Israel. My citizenship is Israeli. I am Arab. Or I am Palestinian Israeli. Okay. Um, Joel called himself a Bedouin. Israeli. Served in the Israeli army. uh, Drove a tank. He did all that other stuff. His brother considered himself a Palestinian. Not Jewish. And if you looked at his passport, his papers, it would say Palestinian. If you looked at Joel's paperwork, it would say Israeli. All right. Anyway. We cross the border. We have to go through a whole bunch of checkpoints. We go in there and I meet his brother and they're sitting there. And the first words out of his mouth was, I need you to take a message to your President Bush. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) I'm supposed to see him as soon as I get back. (laughs) We're going to have a little barbecue down in Texas. But that's their mindset. That's their mindset. Why? It is obvious that my brother brought you here, so you must be important. Okay? Therefore, all the food that I got and the coffee and all the rest of it all came out of that mindset. That mindset. All right? Now, they didn't call me Lord. But here's what they said. Verse 9. They said to him, Where is Sarah your wife? And he said, In the tent. And then he said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. Now, do you understand what's going on here? Now, watch what happens. When God said, you will have a child by Sarah. All right. He said it to Abraham. How strong was Abraham's faith? He didn't tell Sarah. That's the implication here. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, and Sarah was past childbearing age. And Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have become old, Shall I have pleasure, my Lord? Okay, master, being old also? I mean, she's outside, hey, i to hear this conversation and thinks, eh, <laughs> we got drunks outside. <laughs> Who are these people? And verse thirteen says, and Yahweh. Okay, now up until that point we've had personal pronouns. But now in verse 13 it says, And Yahweh said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Shall I indeed bear a child that I am so old? Is anything too difficult for Yahweh? At the appointed time, I will return to you, and at this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I didn't laugh. <laughs> Why? Do you see what happened? Before, it was this person outside that I'm needing bread for, and we're going to have a little party for. Now it is Yahweh. Is there anything too great for Yahweh. So keep that in mind because we call Abraham the father of faith. God came down. Yahweh came down and he spoke to Abraham and said, here is the sign of my covenant, circumcisions. Go do this. And so Abraham goes and does it. But in part of that, he says, but by the way, my covenant will be with your descendants and it will come from your wife, Sarah. All right. And Abraham's faith was so strong, he didn't tell her. Okay, now I'm not sure that faith had anything to do with it or common sense. You know, I'm not going to tell that 90-year-old woman she's about to get pregnant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> she, she may fix that. <laughs> no, I ain't. Watch this. Okay, Uh, and then, you know, oh, by the way, me and all the guys are going out and being circumcised here in the afternoon. We'll be back, you know, so, you know, a woman would sit there and say, my husband has lost his mind. Okay, so uh, that is fascinating to me because I understand Abraham's faith. Abraham was a man of faith. There's no doubt in my mind. But you know what I like about Abraham's faith? His is like mine. This is like mine. God talks to me daily. Anytime I'm in the Word, He's talking to me. And there's times I just read and say, Amen. And then I get pop quizzes. You trust me? Uh-huh. And I mean, we, we, we would all... Oh, absolutely. But you know what? If God called, come to me, I mean, I'm 50. If God come to me and told me I was going to be a father, I'd laugh. Okay? And I mean, give me another 40. I don't, I'm not even going to laugh no more. I'm going to say, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, Alzheimer's has set in and I think I'm talking to God. Okay, and he said, I'm going to be a daddy. And, you know, and then if it happened, then I'd have to be furious. But, well, I would. I can't believe you did this to me. I've been so good. Uh, Anyway, all right. Sarah denied, however, saying I didn't laugh. Okay, she was afraid. Yeah, I would be afraid. Why? It's moved from a master to Yahweh. I'd be afraid. Oops. All right. Then the men rose up from there, looked down toward Sodom. Abraham was walking with them to send them off. All right. He'd taken care of them. He had gotten this message. Uh, now he's embarrassed in front of his wife. You know, I already talked to God. He told me that, but I, I, wasn't, I wasn't crazy enough to tell you. Um, um, sent them on, off. And Yahweh said, verse 17, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him in order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of Yahweh by doing righteousness and justice in order that Yahweh may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken before him. And Yahweh said... The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah. The phrasing right there is the same as when God confronted Cain. It says the land has cried out. It's basically the same phrase. The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down now and see if they've done entirely according to this outcry which has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and they went toward Sodom now note um, and you're going to see this and while Abraham was still standing before who Yahweh so two of the three headed toward Sodom all right Abraham came near and said will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked okay now in the back of his mind is one righteous and yet he's not Alright? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous who are in it? If you got 50 righteous in that city, you wouldn't sweep away the city, would you? Far be it from you to do such a thing. Now he tugs at God's sovereignty and tugs at God's mercy. To slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So Yahweh said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare the whole place on their account. And Abraham answered, because I'm imagining that Abraham has probably been there. And he probably was thinking about it and said 50. Hmm. And Abraham answered, Behold, (laughs) I have ventured to speak to the Lord. I would be Adonai. Although I am but dust and ashes, suppose 50 righteous men were lacking five. (laughs) Will you destroy the whole city because of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Then he spoke to him yet again and said, suppose 40 are found there. And he said, I will not do it on account of the 40. And then he said, oh, may the Lord not be angry. And I shall speak. Suppose 30 are found there. And he said, I will not do it if 30 are there. Now behold, and he said, now behold, have ventured to speak to Adonai. Suppose 20 are found there. I mean, Abraham's probably drawing on his resources saying, you know, and I don't know. 40 may be a little tough. 30 could be really, how about 20 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on the count of 20. Then he said... Oh, may the Lord not be angry and I shall only, I shall, I shall speak only this once. Suppose 10 are found there. And he said, I will not destroy it on account of the 10. As soon as he had finished speaking to Abraham, the Yahweh departed and Abraham returned to his place. Okay. Okay. Now, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. Okay, that's important because that would imply that Lot was part of the leadership. Okay, he had some clout in the city. All right, he was sitting at the gate. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. Okay, now Lot understand that these two individuals were more than just, they were important. All right. And he said, now behold, my lords. Okay, masters. Please turn aside into their servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet and you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, "How? No, we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house and he prepared a feast for them, baked unleavened bread and they ate. All right. He's doing the typical... I'm taking care of you. You're a visitor. You're important. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may have relations with them. Okay? Okay. You know what that means, right? They want to have sex with these two angels. But Lot went out to them at the doorway, shut the door behind him, and he said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now, behold, I have two daughters who have not had relationships with a man, please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you would like, only do nothing to these men inasmuch they have come under the shelter of my roof. Okay, now, how righteous is Lot? Okay, I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm, they have come under the shelter of my roof. What are your daughters? Okay, now remember, if I can find 10 righteous, I'm sparing the city. They go right to Lot, and we're looking at, he didn't even get close. Okay, it gets worse than that though. And they said, stand aside. Furthermore, they said, this one came in as an alien already, he's acting like a judge. Okay, so now they're getting at, at Lot. Lot, you're not part of us, and now you're all of a sudden trying to tell us what we're doing wrong. Now we will treat you worse than them so they pressed hard against Lot they came near to break the door Okay, we've got a riot starting to break out but the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness both small and great so they were wearying themselves trying to find the doorway ok you understand what just happened there Two angels made these guys, this whole group, this mob, blind. And what was the mob's response now that they are blind? They're still trying to get in the door. Then the two men said to Lot, Whom else have you here? A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in the city, bring them out of this place. For we are about to destroy this place because their outcry has become so great before Yahweh and Yahweh has sent us to destroy it. Okay, now I'm going to show you something here. Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-laws. Okay, so he's got other daughters who are married. All right, he has two who are not. He has others who are married. And he says, "Up, Get out of this place for Yahweh will destroy the city. But he appeared to his son-in-laws to be jesting. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up and take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away with the punishment of the city. Okay, do you see what happens? He loses the rest of his family. Why? They thought Dad was kidding. What does that mean? I'm thinking he wasn't doing a very good job raising his family. okay but he hesitated so the men seized his hands and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters for the compassion of Yahweh was upon him and they brought him out and put him outside the city and it came about when they had brought them outside that one said escape for your life do not look behind you do not stay anywhere in the valley escape to the mountains or you will be swept away all right, you literally have divine intervention and you still have the compassion of God dragging Lot his two daughters and his wife out of the city. Now behold, your servant has found favor in your sight and you have magnified your loving kindness which you have sworn me by saving my life, but I cannot escape to the mountains for the disaster will overtake me and I will die. Now behold, this town is near enough to flee to and it is small. Please let me escape there. Is it not small? Okay, you know what he's saying here. Sodom is a big city. Let me go to a smaller place that my life may be saved. I'm going to go to a smaller place. And he said to him, Behold, I grant you your request also not to overthrow the town of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything. So already they're saying, You know what? Yahweh is getting ready to judge. Yahweh has been your sufficiency. Yahweh has done this, but I need to go someplace because I don't think... If God's getting ready to destroy the city, I'm thinking he's going to take care of you. But Lot didn't get that. Behold, I grant you your request. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the town is called Zor. Okay. Um, The sun had risen over the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then Yahweh reigned on Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone of fire from the Lord. Out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all of the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that grew on that ground. But his wife from behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Trailing behind him, okay, um, she shouldn't have been. She shouldn't have been. Why? He should have been protecting her. All right? But I mean, let's be realistic about Lot. Here, take my daughters. I mean, okay. She turned into a pillar of salt. Now, Abraham rose early in the morning and he went to the place where he had stood before Yahweh and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all of the valley, the land of the valley. And he saw and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like smoke out of a furnace. Thus it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out to the midst of of the overthrow where he overthrew the cities. In which Lot lived in. Lot went up from Zor and stayed in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him, and he was afraid to stay in Zor, and he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there's not a man on, not a man. Now, this is the nephew of Lot, or of Abraham. So he's getting up in age. Here's what it says Our father is old. There is not a man on earth <clears throat> to come in to us after the manner of earth. Now, you've got to understand something. Lot's complete family is completely gone. All he's got left is two daughters. Come, let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him. and We may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. I like that. Made their father drink wine. Probably held his nose and poured it down his neck. And the firstborn went in and laid with their father, and he did not know when he she laid down or when she arose. And it came about in the morning that the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I, have lay, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him, and they may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know uh, when she laid down or when she arose. Thus, both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn of the son was called his and called his name Moab. And he is the father of the Moabites. Uh, I'll deal with them in the weeks to come. To this day, as for the younger, uh, she also bore a son called his name ben he is the father of the sons of Ammon this day. Now stop right there. That little problem right there, you're going to see through the rest of the history of Israel. Okay? Why? Men did it their way. Sin and disobedience. God revealing himself. Okay, now I want you to understand something. I'm going to just close with this thought. I have heard people describe... The God of the Old Testament as a God of judgment and the God of the New Testament as a God of mercy and grace. Okay. No, it's the same God. I I want you to just think about this as we leave tonight. Okay. God hates judgment. He doesn't like to judge. But because he is holy, he has to. Okay? Remember, the cry came up from Sodom and Gomorrah. He had to deal with it. Okay. Which means that the cry had been coming up. It wasn't one of these, ow, and one-time cry. What was going on was going on. And he says, you know what? 40, 50, 40, 30, 10. Okay? And even in that, he saved three. It would have been four. But she looked back why where was their comfort okay that's the thing that you and I have to pay attention in that text now, well but they're almost you know what sin is sin we have to look back why do we look back well what if no you can't drive a car looking in the rear view mirror and yet we try to do that Why do we try to walk our Christian lives based on the past? You can't do it. All right. That's the stuff that you and I have to pay attention to. And even in God's mercy, look what Lot's daughters did. And you know what? Everybody looks at them daughters and they go, can you believe that? Do you see what dad was going to do? I would have been more surprised if his daughters would have been in righteousness. How do you get righteousness when a father is saying, here, take my daughters? How do you take righteousness by a man who's in the leadership of the city, whose cry had reached heaven and God said, I must judge it? See, Lot has a lot more problems here than when his wife turned into a pillar of salt and two crazy daughters. Okay? The rest of his sons and his daughters were not saved. They did not leave. They were destroyed. So when we think about God's judgment, we need to understand that God doesn't want to judge. But in His holiness... He must. Okay? And if you don't believe that, then what do you do with Calvary's cross? He had to do it. He had to do it. And that's when you look at this, you see God's judgment and circumcision of Abraham. You understand it. I mean, Abraham's standing up and looking down on a valley. And he sees the smoke rising up of the furnace. He already knows those two guys went down the night before. And Abraham's going to be sitting there going, man, I tried to get 10. They could have found 10. And he was probably thinking, maybe I can get Lot's family. A few daughters, a few sons, a few son-in-laws. Maybe we can get 10 and spare the city. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it. All right? And yet, God's covenant is everlasting covenant. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us That in your holiness, in your majesty, in your power, in your righteousness, your justice, you will judge. Father, let us, let us trust you. Father, even when I read this text and you say, if there's 40, okay. If there's 30, okay. If there's 20, okay. If there's 10, fine. And even in that, you said, I will take four. Thank you, Lord. That is your mercy. That is your compassion. And yet, Father, it is the heart of man that causes judgment. And yet, Father, in your holiness, your judgment is perfect. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given us. Thank you for this text. Thank you for the amazing things you continue to do. To your glory and praise. Amen.